Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, CEO and founder of Startups.com. So Will, I've got a little secret I want to share with you. And it's that a lot of people get really worried about people stealing their startup secrets. How much of an issue is this really in reality? <laughs> it's, it's the dumbest issue ever. <laughs> There's the way I look at it. Everyone has seen the movie, The Social Network. And the premise of the movie, spoiler alert, is that the evil Winklevoss twins told Mark Zuckerberg the idea for social networking, and he stole it. And he built Facebook, and it became a multi-billion dollar company, and they got screwed. And anybody that ever shares their ideas may find the same fate as the poor Winklevoss. <laughs> and I just... The best part about that story, or even the premise, if you're even remotely familiar, Google how much money the Winklevoss brothers made by not doing anything yeah. <laughs> and telling yeah. their idea to Mark Zuckerberg. Let me put it differently. If you're going to have someone steal your idea, make sure it's Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> right? <laughs> because... That's pretty sweet when you get a golden parachute before your first day on the job. They're Without like, having to do and anything and make billions yeah. of dollars by somebody else well, building. Now, now, I mean, I, there I, are statistical I anomalies in so many ways, right? Like, I mean, they're like what? Like nine feet tall uh, <laughs> uh, athletes. They're both yeah. model attractive, right? Yeah, Went to right? top schools. They're like, yeah. yeah, these guys sound like they're a problem. Like, they, like uh, my problems are exactly the same as them. They're not. I have different. Well, problems. look, man, the premise is the same. And, and you can appreciate this because we talk to thousands of founders. And to be fair, they all have this concern, rightfully yeah. so. I don't see a version where someone would get so excited about something, plan on devoting so much of their life, all of their money, their attention, everything towards something, and not be somewhat concerned that someone else might take it from them. <laughs> That's a pretty legitimate yep. concern. Yep. That said, it's just not an accurate one. Right? That's the real problem. And here's the myth as a whole as it's been perpetuated, I believe. Right? You tell me what you think, You know what, what color may be added to this. But the myth goes something like this. I tell you my idea for a startup. You love the idea. You, as evil Ryan, go ahead and take my idea Go build a billion-dollar company, and I'm left insane walking the streets mumbling about how my great idea was stolen from me. It's kind of how the myth goes, right? Oh, sorry. Sorry, I missed that. I was practicing my finger-tenting. <laughs> if I'm going to steal ideas, i got to look like an evil genius. I love yeah. evil Ryan. Yeah. I love That's, evil Ryan. Yeah, evil Ryan. Yeah, I mean, if it, it was only that easy, right? Be, it's so flawed in so many ways. Right? Like, if, if the idea was all it took there'd be a hell of a lot more really big businesses, right? Unicorns wouldn't be special. There'd be herds of them running around. It, it, the idea is just a tiny piece of it, right? It, it, and it's also like, that. Also, who are you talking to on a regular basis that just happens to have the same level of business acumen drive and all of the characteristics that led you to having that idea so they can go and do this thing? I, I, who is that, right? Like who's, who's hanging out with these clones of themselves who just happen to have the same resources and motivations at the same time? Like, 
It's not happening. It's the equivalent of saying, if I just give somebody else my playbook, they can win the Super Bowl. Mm, kind of helps if you're Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> dude, I was just getting ready to say the same thing, right? Like, yeah, like if I just go and take Michael Jordan's basketball, I'll be able to dunk. Sweet. Yeah. So so what I think we should chat about today to dig into it, because I think people have a pretty strong feeling for our opinion on this one, is why you shouldn't be so concerned about it, right? Why... The idea of someone just stealing your idea is honestly fairly ludicrous. Yeah. However, we'll also talk about how you can protect yourself to the extent that you can, what's protectable, what's not, and what you should just run with, yeah. right? Because again, we've seen really at this point, hundreds of thousands of ideas, uh, and we've seen the journey people go on. And I think one of the most difficult and expensive places that folks get derailed is this concept of saying, I have to protect this thing. It's got to be locked behind an NDA. It's got to be patented. My attorney told me that all of this needs to be under <laughs> lock and key. Otherwise, I'm going to get swindled by the world, which is yeah. ironic considering that's the person that's swindling you at the time. Right. But I think we should dig into each part and make people feel yeah. comfortable with what they can and can't share. I think we better. And I think that like one fundamental principle that, that always sticks out to me during this particular discussion is the perception and the reality, right? And there are sure. real costs to this, but funnily enough, the, the costs that you, that you incur around somebody stealing your idea are mostly on the things you do to defend it. And those are the likely ones, right? The ones that you choose, right? Like doing the NDA, keeping it a secret, not telling anybody about it, right? These things have real costs the probability right. of those things happening is much greater and therefore you're likely to incur those costs. The probability of someone stealing your idea and then having it go exactly as you would hope it would go and they get to live your life, the probability of that is very small. And so therefore like the real costs that you incur throughout this consideration tend to be the ones that come from trying to defend it and trying to keep somebody from stealing your idea, not actually having it stolen. Right. I think that should be like the top layer as we consider the rest of this. Let's remind ourselves the probabilities all lay on the side of what it costs us to defend this, not what it costs us if we don't. Okay, well, let's, let's start there. Let's say that most folks say, look, I've gotten guidance from my attorney. My attorney says that the very first step is to lock this up under an NDA, is to lock it up under, in some cases, some version of a patent or some other kind of intellectual property lock and key to make sure that my idea stays protected and no one steals it and I'm safe. And at $600 an hour, obviously they know the right answer. <laughs> well, of course they do. I And so what I would say, and again, I think attorneys mean well. Right. And again, I know it's easy to beat up attorneys, but did you say I think earn attorney, well? What, what did you say? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. <laughs> they earn well. I think they mean well, and their job is to protect you. So I respect that. So if there's attorneys listening, I'm not bashing attorneys. What I'm saying is you have to make sure you're using the right tool for the job. If I'm an attorney and I say, look, I have to lock this up under NDA and I have to make sure that, that it's patented, et cetera, it's not that I'm wrong in that that makes it protectable. It's that that's just not fucking necessary. It's yeah. part of my branch. Yeah. Just like the part that's missing in that dialogue is do I need it? And how would I enforce it if I had it? Like what There's, is that protecting me yeah. from? That's the big piece, right? Yeah. The the enforceability of an NDA, 
definitely in huge question, right? And then there are there are certainly cases where where we we've seen them upheld. But before you even get to the part about enforceability of the NDA, let's talk about the practicality of getting somebody to sign one of the damn things. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. To put it this way, we see over 20,000 startups per month on the startups platform. We get people asking us all the time to sign an NDA before they'll share their idea. Yep. And we try to be cool about it. I mean, again, I, I wouldn't want to think that we're coming across crass in this. I'm trying to overstate this point of how silly that that proposition is. But we've never signed one in the history of history. Investors don't sign them. No one signs your NDA. Someone might. Maybe you got like an angel investor that's not that sophisticated to sign it. Generally speaking, no one takes an NDA even remotely seriously. You look kind of foolish if you even ask people for it. Can you imagine? People, <laughs> can you imagine if we were signing for it, NDAs? You got to sign it. Picture, Here's picture, why. Picture if you and I were signing NDAs, what the conflict of interest checks would look like. We'd be like, yes, I'll sign your NDA, um, but I have to do the conflict of interest checks first. So I'll get back to you in about 2026 when we've completed that exercise. Can you well, imagine think what about that it this looks like? If you're asking an investor to sign an NDA, you're saying, I want to put you in a precarious legal position to just yes. hear my idea. In fact, you may hear the, the same 10 ideas in the next month, but by all means, lock in on a legal uh, proposition with me so that I can sue you in case you overstep, <laughs> right? Why would any investor sign that? Sounds great, right? I mean, listen, remember too, the investors of the position that I can look at 100 deals this month. Why would I want to look at a deal where I have to sign something that would legally uh, come against me? Well, because Why would obviously, I possibly well, do that? Well, you're, you're missing the point here. Obviously, the one behind the NDA is the secret worth protecting. Uh -huh. Oh, right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, just, it's, it's just <laughs> not the case, no. right? And, and again, we should talk a little bit about in this episode about what you can and can't share and why the NDA actually just doesn't make sense to begin with. To be 100% clear, investors don't sign NDAs. We don't sign NDAs. Is it because we want to go and steal your idea? No, we're trying to work on our own idea. Yep. Investors are trying to invest in ideas, not build them. But if I'm an entrepreneur, typically I've never done this before. I don't know any better. I don't know that that's the way things work. In my mind, this is a great idea. It's the next Facebook. And if I tell you and you take it with all the resources and money you have and build it, then that was a huge failure on my part for not protecting it. And I get the, the logic. The one thing you'd be missing is it just doesn't actually happen. Yeah. So one caveat to that, though, it's small. I'm sure it's happened at some point. I'm sure there's some case law that's out there where someone has actually had intellectual property stolen and someone sued Winklevoss style and there's been a whole issue around it. I'm not yeah. saying there's 0.00% chance that it's ever happened. I'm saying in the 25 years that I've been doing this with the thousands and thousands of companies we've worked with and, and with over a million companies on the platform, we've yet to see it happen. Now, let me put it this way. If it was so common and so rampant, this would be the last advice we'd be giving. <laughs> We're saying we've never seen it happen. Yeah, Doesn't mean it hasn't, just saying we've never seen it happen. So if it was so common, trust me, we'd be looking at this very differently. Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, it's a big world, right? Lots of people are coming up with the ideas simultaneously. You know, there's there's small twists on on things that already exist, whatever, right? The likelihood that you're going to enter a market with an idea 
that is unique and remains unique through the life cycle of starting the company, probably something you just need to get over because it's not going to happen, right? There will be somebody else doing something similar. There's probably already somebody else doing it. You're probably taking a slight turn on what somebody else is doing, right? Are the Sumerians complaining at this point, having invented the wheel thousands of years ago that Uber is making money off of it now? I don't think so. Should have had an NDA. Yeah, should have. Could have been making Uber money in Samaria. Maybe they did, but given that they spoke in a dead language, we just don't know that now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay, so look, let's talk about not whether NDAs work or not. You kind of already heard our spiel. Let's talk about when we should keep an idea secret and what parts of it you should keep secret. Because we're not saying... You're right. Yeah, listen, man. We're not saying you should share everything all the time. We're saying here's what you can share. We'll talk about it. And here's what you probably should keep behind yep. your own secret recipe lock and key for a later time. So let's let's make it simple. <clears throat> share the idea, not the secret sauce. So Ryan, when you talk to founders about how to share their idea, not the secret sauce, what does that look like to you? Sure. Like it's it's talking about the problem, right? And uh-huh. and the problem in detail, right? Because the the problem in detail is what allows people to attach themselves to it as well, right? To understand and to see value in it. So if you gotta be out there sharing the problem, if you're not, or if nobody cares about the problem, then the solution kind of doesn't matter, right? No amount of secret sauce for a problem that nobody gives a shit about is going to save you, right? You could have the most elegant solution for a problem nobody cares about. It's not a company. It's not a business. It's not going to go anywhere, right? So being out there and talking about the problem, sharing that with people is a great way to start to gauge the value that could come from a solution to that problem, right? If nobody cares about the problem, solution doesn't matter. To your point, trimming down the solution, right? Talking about the solution in a way that that kind of tells you what's going to happen, but doesn't tell you what's what's inside of it, right? I, I've, you've talked about this before, and I think you use the example of, of Coca-Cola, right? So I'm thirsty. Here's a Coca-Cola. You don't tell them what's in it, right? It, more people would be drinking if they didn't know what was in it at this point, but um, you don't give away the secret sauce, right? You don't have to come and say, um, what, was the, what was the famous pitch? Uh, Twilio, right? Problem. Telephony is extremely complicated and messy, and it uses antiquated systems. The solution we have boiled this down into six API calls. What he didn't do next was copy and paste the uncompiled source code for everyone to read. <laughs> right? Okay, so, so he let's did an actually, appropriate amount of sharing, right? Th- I think that's so appropriate. Let's stop and let's unpack that a bit because I think this is really what folks need to hear and try to apply to what they're doing. So l- let's start from the beginning. We can talk about the problem all day, and a lot of people don't understand that there's a big difference between the problem and the solution. The problem is, what's frustrating consumers in the market, right? What does that look like? A good problem statement can get me fired up about your idea without even knowing what the solution is. Exactly. Right? If I say, one in three Americans die of cancer, right? Dude, that's a big problem. (laughs) It's death, and it's, it's one in three people, right? We have a solution to that problem. Whoa, right? I don't have to show you the molecule that I'm using to <laughs> cure cancer. I have My to show eyes aren't you that good. Right. I, I have to show you how incredibly painful and severe and powerful this problem is. And so sharing our ideas begins with isolating the problem. Yep. And getting people excited about it without having to initially explain what your solution is. Now, that's that's half of it. 
The other half of it is being able to explain your solution as what it is without saying how it works. In other words, uh, the, their secret recipe behind it. So for example, like if, if you were pitching Netflix in like 10 years ago, not even like the, the DVD mail you know, version of Netflix, but 10 years ago, and you were saying, look, problem right now is cable TV costs 100 to $150 a month, which is ridiculously expensive. You've got limited content. You're tethered to your TV. The world is changing so quickly. None of this stuff is going to make sense in five years. I think we need to overturn that model. Now, you have no idea that I've said Netflix yet. Yep. But you can start to say, yeah, you know, actually, that is a huge market. Paying for cable, you know, paying $100 to $150 is way too much. Uh, the content does kind of suck. I hate the fact that I can't get everything when I want it. And I'm tethered to my TV. I want to start watching stuff on my iPad. I haven't explained to you the product yet, but I've outlined why you should care about this solution. Yep. If I talk about the solution, I can talk about the solution at a high level. I can say, we're going to roll out a streaming service that allows you to pick any show that you want when you want it on any device that you want it on. That doesn't tell me anything as an investor, partner, hell, a competitor for that matter, about how I'm actually going to do it. Yep. Right? Right. <laughs> doesn't explain how streaming technology is going to work. My go-to-market customer acquisition plan, nothing. All it explains is this is the ballpark we're going to be in. And interestingly enough, look at a business like Netflix, there isn't that much secret sauce, right? I mean, you can talk about, you know, compression and streaming algorithms. And, and yeah, there's technology there. But is that what made them the success that they are today? I would argue strongly, no. It had very little to do with that type of stealable secret sauce. All right. What was it about their technology that was that was something that you could just grab and take away? Nothing comes to mind. Well, yeah, they're such a unique case because they've actually gone through two entire epics of media from yeah. uh, <laughs> DVD movie rentals, you know, physical to uh, streaming. Uh, uh, Will, you might want to pause there and explain to a significant portion of our audience what a DVD is. I just had this conversation <laughs> over the weekend, by the way, and it, what, they weren't being ironic. They had no idea what it was. Oh, yeah. My kids, uh, whenever we go on vacation, uh, we're in the hotel <clears throat> and they watch TV and commercials come on and they don't know what they are. They think they're awesome, by the way. They yeah. think, oh my God, there's there's a short movie about a, a toy that I love? This is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Every and advertiser's it, dream right there. Like, it's it's, it's unbelievable. Like, like they've never seen commercials. You know, my daughter's eight and my son is almost four and they've never seen commercials. I mean, they, they see them now, but barely. And they're so entertained by it because as far as they're concerned, they're movie trailers for toys, which yes, they are. They are. But they don't see them as this interrupting, annoying thing. They see, no. they think they're amazing. No, they're, um, they're interrupting and annoying for us. Uh, in more than one way. So Netflix has gone through this progression, but for an idea as big as Netflix, the way we just described it, here's the problem in the market. Here's the solution we're going after. That's your calling card. As a founder, I need to be able to articulate problem, solution, and ideally market size. And that's it. And here's why. What we're trying to do is we're trying to vie for attention. In this case, let's talk about investors because I think that's where people's yep. heads are at right now. Uh, we're trying to, to vie for investors' attention. We can't hold back. We can't say, here's the problem, but we're not going to tell you the solution. Like You're competing with hundreds, if not thousands of other founders who aren't going to do that. There's no upside in being slick about any of this stuff. All that's going to happen is you're going to get passed over. 
you're going to yep. get forgotten about. So it's, it's a total miss. With that said, though, if I say, here's the problem, here's the solution, here's the market size, I haven't given away any secret sauce. There's nothing about what I just told you that's stealable. I need the playbook behind it and all the people yep. behind it to make it steal energy to keep it going. Right. Like, yeah, it's the idea is not the thing. Let Correct. it go, folks. It, the idea is not the thing. The idea is not the thing. And so in, in our minds, you know, as, as founders, we're so concerned about what I can or can't share. And so like we're saying, I want to share the problem. I want to share the solution again, not necessarily the, the secret recipe, but just the solution the idea isn't the secret recipe. If I say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm Sean Rad, and Sean started Tinder, and he said, hey, I've got an app that allows you to do essentially speed dating by swiping left and right. Oh, dude, That's, you just gave away the secret sauce. It's the swipe, oh, yeah, left, swipe right. I mean, come now on. Now everybody's man. got Tinder. Great. Um, it's not that simple. The idea that my secret idea will prevent anybody else from ever doing it is probably the lamest defense of all time. In fact, I would go so far as to say, if that's our defense, that no one can hear about this idea, and if they do, they can steal it, <laughs> I've already lost. <laughs> I've yep. already lost. I'll bet there are a lot of really great startup secrets out there that we'll never hear about that we should have for this very reason. Like I think about this quite frequently. Like How many things are out there right now on some poor, scared founder's lab bench or hidden in some Google Doc that they're just so afraid to reveal that we'd all be better off if they did, and they're just not doing it because they're scared. It, it makes me sad. Uh, well, <laughs> I'll give you some examples. Years ago, before crowdfunding became a thing, I'm sitting down with a good friend of mine, and we're having coffee, <laughs> and we're in, a, in Southern California at the time. Yep. And I'm so excited to share with him my idea. And... At the time, the Jobs Act was was in the process of getting passed where it would allow people to essentially raise capital online. Crowdfunding was was about to take off and become this huge thing. And I had this idea I was working on where I, I was going to allow startup companies to raise capital online. Sounds silly now, but it was <laughs> there was a time when it was a secret idea. So I'm sitting across to my friend and I'm sharing with, with him the idea. He's sharing with me his new idea. Yeah. And as we're going back and forth, we're starting to realize it's the same idea. <laughs> I was starting. I like your idea, but it sounds like he was my starting crowdfunder.com. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going, well, shit. And it, now the idea that he was going to take my idea and run with it, or I was going to take his idea and run with it, both of us had started companies before. And we both knew that it didn't matter that we both had let the cat out of the bag that we were starting a company, even to people we were going to compete with, because we both knew it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like you have to go back to your corner and execute. I have to go back to my corner and execute. And we're either going to make it work or we're not. You That's... knowing my playbook isn't going to change a whole hell of a lot. Now, nope. to be fair, I'm not advocating sharing your entire business plan pro forma and everything. I'm not saying share everything. I'm saying <laughs> don't try to hold back the even concept because it's not going to buy you right. anything. That's yeah, that's not it. Right. Today is not the day that will declared open source everything, right? That's not what's happening here. Right. But well yeah, and, and on top of that, right? Worry um, about what you can control and let the rest of it go. And you got to share ideas. You have to share your idea with anyone that will possibly listen because that's how you find who the people are that are going to work with you. I'll give you another example. 
this is why I find it so hard not to be cynical about this topic because all of my instincts are the exact opposite. I'm like, I had an idea nine seconds ago. I think I, I think it might be cool. I'm going to go tell everybody I know and see what they think about it, right? I'm, I'm the exact opposite of this. I, I can't keep a secret. I'm a horrible secret keeper, apparently. Remember that. <laughs> well, look, man, I'll give you another example. So again, running around Southern California at the time, this is uh, circa 2008, 2009. I don't remember exactly the year. And uh, I was running a bunch of businesses, but I was telling a bunch of people about this idea that I had, which was to allow anybody to get off all of their junk mail by a single button press. They would become yeah. this idea unsubscribe.com. In fact, that's what I was calling it. Uh, ironically, even I didn't have the domain at the time. I guess I was just wishful thinking. Um, <laughs> but I was telling everyone that I was having coffees and beers with or whatever about this idea without any idea whether I'd ever launch it or anything else like this. But this is the point of why this is so valuable. Two of the guys that I, I told uh, out of probably hundreds that had to listen to me babble wound up becoming my co-founders in the business, right? Because they heard the idea. They said, man, that's something you know I loved, uh, would love to get involved with and ended up leaning in. Two people that I'd never worked with before that had never occurred to me in a million years that I would ever work with on something. Yeah. But by sharing the idea, was able to to bring them into the fold and, and, and build something together. And I got to tell you, if I had held it close to the vest and I wouldn't talk to anybody about it, none of that would have happened. I, I think there's some real danger in trying to be too guarded. Do you earn uh, uh, interest on secrets? <laughs> Definitely not. And I tell you what, I think people have this concept that if, if someone else hears my idea, they're going to steal it, build it, and kind of box me out. Look, I got to tell you, and I, I can't emphasize this enough. If someone can just hear your idea, steal it, and build it better than you, they deserve to be building it, not you. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> it, right? Like, yeah, the, that was the, easy. The point here isn't about you getting robbed, right? The point is you have to be the best person to execute this. Now, here's what the entrepreneur's thinking. I'm, again, earlier in my career, I would have thought the same thing. Like, well, hold on a sec, guys. If I tell an investor, that investor has far more money to put to work. I have nothing, right? I'm a student, let's say. Yep. They can put all their money to work. They can put their network to work. They can recruit all these people. If I just tell them, and they're better, better equipped than I am to build it uh, before I'm able to raise money or anything else like that, well, then I'm gonna, just going to be stuck out. Not true. Mm -hmm. Just hearing the idea, just having access to resources doesn't make that a, a better company. It helps. But what makes it a better company is the execution, is how we get in there every single day for years and how that collective arc changes the company. Anybody that tells you otherwise that somebody could just take the idea and run with it as if it's mine is kidding themselves. You know, actually, Ryan, I've got a funny epilogue to this because now I just thought about this. So the two guys that I talked to about unsubscribe.com, Jamie Siminoff and Josh Roth, both great guys, uh, you know, serial entrepreneurs themselves. And the three of us start unsubscribe. Company grows up, does okay, not great. And we end up selling it. And Jamie said something really interesting to me. He said, you know what? I'm never going to start another company that's somebody else's idea again. <laughs> right? hmm. He said, "Because That's interesting, I only want yeah." Well, he said, "I only want to do things that I feel personally passionate about." You know, Will, this was your thing, you know, and I kind of ran with it. And Jamie does credit did a great job, but I only want to work on things that I personally care about. Well, you know what? 
That's how most people feel. Most people aren't looking to steal other people's ideas. They want to work on something that's their idea. Yeah. And, and obviously that worked out well for him, right? Following, following his passions, uh, the next time opportunity knocked, it was actually a doorbell, right? And he went on to, to build Ring and, and, and chase that uh, for years and, and push that all the way to the finish line and, and had an amazing exit. Uh, so yeah, wasn't something he grabbed from somebody else, right? He didn't steal that idea. And you know, your your own ideas are the ones that are going to have the the amount of passion, energy, drive required. I, I think that you know we, we forget how much goes into these, and that's why it's probably more of an early founder issue, right? Until it is. you've gone <laughs> through this and realized the amount of life and energy and everything that this is going to take to make happen. It seems like somebody could just come and pluck it from me. It's a, said differently. When all you have is the idea, the idea feels like the most important thing ever. Once you've spent two or three years working and building and grinding it out, you know that somebody's not just going to grab that and run with it, right? At a minimum, they're three years behind you, right? So it's worth remembering, guys, that again, the idea is not the thing um, and that they're a hell of a lot harder to execute on then, then you might, you might hope. We all hope they're easy. They never are. It's exactly the case. And what we tell people, and I think this is really important for everyone to understand, ideas are not protectable. The idea, the concept isn't protectable. Even right. if you wanted to protect it, it's so damn hard to even try. Yes, you can apply all the NDAs, all the non-competes, all the patents you want around it. What's protectable is the actual execution. What's protectable are the people behind it that see that idea through. You take any great idea, any great company that's been built, and it was never the idea that got it started that made it a huge company. It was the people who carried that idea through every single time. That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. It's everything we have to offer, from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin. That's startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later. 